when you decide to like really get control and a handle on your stuff, whether your next PCS is in two years or in the next couple of months, um, you really just want to make sure you carve out the time. And that means dedicated time when you're just, your mind is not split. When you have the time to focus on it, it makes a big difference. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Advice Not Given podcast. Each week, we share unfiltered, truth-telling conversations between two friends. You're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for, but wish you did. We're your hosts, Kelly Artis and Claire Wood of Millspo Gurus, and this is Advice Not Given. and welcome back to episode 30 of the Advice Not Given podcast, where we are kicking off a new month and a new theme, and it all focuses on mindfulness. Uh, This is something that Kelly and I are both aiming to practice more of in our lives. It's a theme that you really hear week in and week out because it all comes back to self-awareness. But we have tackled a few uh, specific areas within the, the concept of mindfulness that we are going to be bringing you this month. And we're really excited. We have some great expert interviews, uh, some already recorded and some scheduled, but we know you're going to love them. But before we dive in, I want to give a huge shout out. You know that Kelly and I get a big Uh, kick and uh, just warm fuzzy when we see that somebody has reviewed advice not given on Apple Podcasts. And we want to give you Nikki1206 a big shout out. She says, of the Advice Not Given podcast, a great resource for military spouses. When I first started listening, I binge listened to like three episodes. I really enjoyed the homework at the end of each one. I love that this podcast is so relatable. Even when I don't think the episode title really speaks to me, I'll inevitably find something in it that makes me consider something I may not have previously thought about. And while united on their topics, I like that Kelly and Claire present different perspectives based on their personalities and personal lives. I'm also enjoying the guest segments. Keep up the great work, ladies. I mean, I mean, Nikki, high five. Thank you. Can you help us write some website copy? Because that was fantastic. Can I copy that? Well, I feel like she just, she's really like honing in on what we are trying for here. So thank you so much, Nikki. And if you want to be like Nikki, go leave us a five-star review and write a review that shares and spells out exactly what you think about this podcast, if you like it. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll run on that for like weeks, Nikki. Oh, thank yeah. you so, so much. That's so sweet. Um, well, I have a shout out. Uh, yes. so you guys know we're doing our 20 for 20 Patreon campaign where we're trying to, to wrestle up 20 supporters, sustainers to help us kind of level up a little bit on the podcast um, and actually like supporting us with dollars, which is incredible. And we have a new patron. So, okay. And this is a whole story. Sorry guys. But um, I went to dinner with a sweet friend the other night um, here in town and I was meeting her couple of her new friends um, or her friends new to me. And uh, this awesome woman named Paige came in. She's like, Oh my God, I listened to your podcast. That's never happened before. <laughs> Hang on. So did you feel famous? So we have a hashtag here. We call it Fayville Famous or Fay Famous. (laughs) So I'm going to go with that was Fay Famous for a moment. (laughs) Um, No, she was like, I I think my other friend, Sarah, was the one that turned her on to the podcast. Obviously, she didn't find us out of the blue, but um, she was so sweet. She was like, oh, my God, I loved what you said about, you know, whatever. And I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot I said that. 
a little bit of a reality check for me that I'm like putting a lot of stuff out there very publicly. And I'm like, okay, well, tell me seriously, what do you think of? Like, do you think I'm a nice person? (laughs) Are you sure you want to be friends with me? But anyway, she was so sweet. So awesome. I'll post a photo maybe in our Instagram um, of Paige because it was neat to actually meet someone in real life. And She's joined us over on Patreon. So huge thanks to you, Paige. I appreciate your support. Um, Thanks for all the feedback, too. (laughs) I really, really appreciate it. So thank you all. And if anyone else is interested in checking out our Patreon perks and benefits, which include the bonus episodes that we launch once a month, um, if you think this is unfiltered, you should definitely check out (laughs) our patron-only show. It's called No Advice, Just Opinions, and that's exactly what you get. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Milspo, or I'm sorry, patreon.com slash milspogurus to find all that information. I love it. We're going to jump right in, but before we do, I do want to just give you a quick overview of what you can expect this month. Today, we're going to be talking all about mindful moving, uh, not our moving our bodies like we've already had an episode on, but um, moving as in PCSing and relocating. We have an episode this month coming on mindful management of our time resource. We have another one on mindset and one coming on money and also on motivation. So you notice some alliteration there, Kelly, and that just really speaks to my English teacher heart. But let's just let's just get into it today. Mindful moving. This is very pertinent to me. We have a PCS coming in, oh, I don't know, 85, 86 days. And um, I am really trying now to preemptively get my head on straight about this move. <laughs> so that's kind of where I am. Yeah, it's super important too. I mean, you have to start, that's one of my biggest pieces of advice is you have to start making decisions early to free up the rest of your like bandwidth to actually focus on the move, focus on uh, more like soft sort of topics, like your emotional well-being, your friendships, your relationships, all that good stuff. So I think you're doing the right thing, Claire. You're making moves as soon as you can. You know, you're waiting for, for, so, okay, you guys, we're going to assume that most of you are military listening um, because Claire and I have that in common and we feel like most of our network does as well. But if you're not, PCS is a permanent change of station and it just means move. So now that we got that out of the way. And it doesn't Um, mean permanent. That's a misnomer. It's not permanent. It's for like a year, two years, three years. 18 months, maybe (laughs) two, three years. Yeah. So we, we do this a lot now, actually pro tip, if you are not military affiliated and you're listening to this, you're going to get like some of the best advice of your life. If you ever have to move, or maybe you're just relocating for fun. I guess people do that. Um, (laughs) so enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think where we're kind of headed with this today is we want to just take a look at what are, what are some good tips or practical solutions for, being mindful during this time, during the time that you're moving, during a time that your entire life feels like a complete upheaval, what are some action points? What are some action steps that we can take to keep it together? And I would say I'll start with one, well, actually two. For me, a lot of that does have a tie-in to my physical space. So right now, I am in the stage of taking account of my belongings. We had an earlier episode with Tara Bremer of House Peace. We talked all about how we are managing our stuff, and that's where I am right now. I'm kind of inventorying in a mental, but also in a very physical way, our belongings, what we're going to move, what we're going to donate before we move, what we're going to sell on Facebook Marketplace. And I'm already in a way kind of curating down what we have. So that's one thing I'm doing in a, a tangible, physical way. But as you mentioned, the soft skills or the soft things, my emotions, I am trying to anticipate what are the things that I can go ahead and set aside 
um, maybe things I'm involved in or how I'm, I hate to say how I'm going to exit things, but that's really, mm-hmm. that's really what it is. And so I'm trying to think of mental strategies for doing that and then also balancing the emotion of the goodbye. Yeah. So after I've, I've moved I think six or seven times really, and I've done all spectrum of like healthy versus unhealthy <laughs> kinds of moves. Um, and I've definitely experienced, you know, the ways not to do it. And I think that inventory is huge. All right. So that's, and that's more, and you kind of alluded to this, it's more than just what do I have? What do I need to get rid of? Like in my physical space, but you really need to, you can't make decisions if you don't know what's a good thing for you and a good thing for you and your family. Um, so my day job is working with Millie and our entire, um, framework. Everything that we offer supports decisions that people are making. And in my hope is that people start making those decisions super early, like as early as you can before everything hits the fan, right? So I think a lot of times when you have a bad move, it's because it's either super short notice and you don't have a choice, but to kind of frantically pack up and go, or you're pushing off decisions, which I've done too. Right. Oh, the, the movers will deal with that. Or, oh, I'll find a gym once I get settled. Or, oh, you know, like all these things that you just kind of like push off because you can't handle it right now. Right. Why not? While you're still settled, while you still have stuff, you know, like you still have a kitchen set up and things like that. Though that's a really good time to start making decisions because you're not stressed out and you're not in panic mode and you're not under like a time crunch. Um, and again, it can be anything from where am I going to work if I want to work? Um, where are my children going to go pick up karate again? Like all those things can be done before you get there because of the beauty of the internet. So try and spend as much time as you can assessing what is important for your quality of life mental, physical, emotional, what things are important for you, your family, you know, all your entire little family ecosystem, assess those things, figure out and prioritize those things. Cause you won't always get all of them at your next place. Okay. So prioritize them and decide on what it is that you're willing to sacrifice if need be, um, in order to obtain something that's a bit more like higher ordered on your list. Kelly, I can give you a real life example of this because, uh, the prioritizing and the ordering of, of priorities is something that we have been having multiple conversations on. And in doing so, it is giving us clarity. So, for example, our number one priority with this move is schools for our kids. So uh, Fort Campbell has a Dodea school. And in order to attend that school, we have to live on post. Well, that right there has already brought down housing decisions. There's no point in needing a realtor. There's no point in looking for homes for sale or for rent. That part of that decision has already come into focus for us. Um, And we continue to have conversations around that. So I love what you said about making those things that are a priority, kind of like the first things you address and then letting the, the maybe smaller or less important things kind of fill in. Yeah, because you can adapt and you can acclimate um, right. almost anywhere as long as you know that your your musts, your must-haves are in place and taken care of and accounted for. For some people, that's job opportunities, right? Like, so that's a big thing that we try to point out on our site when people are doing research is like, well, if you're one of the, if you're a spouse that is seeking employment, maybe in like a medical industry or you know some tech or whatever, and your duty station or the place you're moving to is more rural. 
we try to go ahead and point out, okay, well, people that work in the metro area and like spouses that want to work and commute typically like to live in this kind of area uh, because it's halfway between or something. So that family is already discussed with, you know, the service member who's attached to the base. Okay, that party is willing to commute and the other party is willing to also commute. Okay, so those are things that you've already decided and agreed on. So it's not like you're getting there and you found a job that's an hour and a half away and you can't take it and you're resentful because you live on base. Right. Right. Well, and I I love that you bring up the resentment piece because that mm. that to me goes hand in hand with the mindfulness. We were having this again, the same conversation a few nights ago and I was just making the comment that while I know this is the best decision for us, I had kind of had my hopes on, you know, being able to be in a house again and not on post housing. And I was just kind of lamenting the, the, you know, the space and the choice that I would have in floor plan and the area mm-hmm. and the yard and, you know, all the things. And, but it came down to, you no, know, again, we're, we're focusing on the school situation mm-hmm. here. So it gave me permission almost to say, you know what, Claire, quit looking on Zillow, quit, Ooh, yeah. quit, quit making this, you know, the point of contention, like we've kind of agreed to this, no resentment, no frustration being taken out on anybody in your family or the army decision has been made, move right. forward. And so right. that's kind of a practical, I think a practical way to stay mindful is, you know, you just have to kind of pick it. And that's the thing we all do as military spouses and families is you make a decision and you go with it. There isn't a lot of time to second guess and waffle and, you know, wring your hands and feel aggravation and frustration about something. You just have to kind of pick a lane and drive in it. Yeah. I mean, I think there's ownership too and like and power in that. Yeah. Like what we have decided to live on base. Like we have decided this is where we're going to live. And instead of everything happening to you all the time, you can then kind of be in charge of that. And right. <laughs> sail your own ship, so to speak. Well, and one good thing I do love about Ryan is as I'm saying those things that I'm feeling like I'm going to be disappointed in and typical Claire glass half full fashion, he fills the glass back up and says, but yes, but don't you just realize like how much we love the community of being on post and isn't it going to be great Mm -hmm. that we're going to have, we're not going to put many miles on our cars commuting and driving, you know, half an hour each way to work and the extra family time that we'll have. And within just a few minutes and a couple of like bulleted things that are positives, I'm like, yeah, I'm excited. Let's live on post. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There is, there is a lot there, uh, as relates to mindset. I know. It's funny too. I could see you like thriving on post too. Like it's, I've seen the housing out there. It's not, it's okay. Hey, I'm just going to say, I live at Fort Polk. It can only go up from here. You're going to, you're going to do great, Claire. (laughs) And the the community aspect though is huge. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for you. So do you, yeah, that, that really does eliminate a lot off your plate. I mean, honestly, truly like, okay. So, but is there, do you have to deal with wait lists and all that kind of stuff too though? Um, we are not quite to that point yet. I know Ryan started like uploading documents. Like I think you have to prove the ages of your kids with their birth certificates for like Mm. room sharing relation, that kind of thing. Um, but we are still waiting on official orders being cut. Like we have our RFO, but it's, it's just part of the process. Um, so we can't really do some of the actual steps toward, you know, getting on a list until, but he's contacted the housing office and they're tracking that we're coming. So that's, that's good. And we're hopeful. Um, and we've talked to several friends who live there that love living on post. So that's, that's, yeah, no, I think it will be great. So one thing too, I think is lovely about the fact that you basically freed up 
in my mind, you've freed up all of this extra time that you would have been spending right. <laughs> even probably even traveling out there, right? Yes. You know, to look at homes and things like that. So you don't have to worry about that now. You can now fill that time with other things like closing up relationships at Fort Polk, spending right. time with friends there, making sure – because that is one thing that I've done not well in the past and I regret that. Um, spending so much time being focused and like anxious about the move right. that I start pulling away from friends and also hashtag Enneagram 5. I'm like pulling away and shutting down. I'm not like engaging in new relationships at all, you know, because I'm like, whatever, you'll be dead to me in like three weeks. <laughs> so I don't need to bother getting to know you or, you know, making sure that I've been gracious and grateful to friends that I've had here or, right. you know, wherever I was. And I do think that that presents like this opportunity for like a gaping hole when mm -hmm. you, when you're even like literally when you're driving away, you can start to feel it. Right. Like I miss everyone. I miss everything. And you didn't really have the chance to properly grieve and close down those, not, not close them down because they still exist, but you know what I mean? Like honor them for what they were and move on. And then you get to where you're going and you're so sad. You can't go out and make new friends. <laughs> so it actually hurts you on both ends. Um, yeah. How do you feel about that process? Like, what's that look like? Well, two things I want to first touch on, you know, you talk about how this impacts so many, it frees up so much of your decision making and it really does. And as, I think as those of you listening will see, as we walk through this month and these different themes, so much is interconnected. It's interconnected with the management of our time. It's interconnected with our money. And that was one of the things too, that was kind of a plus we're not going to have the choice of a house, but we're also going to be saving a ton of money because of the way like it's shaking out with BAH. And then that ends up freeing up like our time to travel because we have more money to go on trips and it's like a, a ripple effect. But a couple of weeks ago, I wrote a little piece on my own blog that I can link later, but it was talking about the tension of exactly what you're talking about with the, the, you're still here, but you're going, you know, you're moving forward and you still have these relationships. You're having to, to grieve and to mourn and to say goodbye to, but there's also that anticipation and excitement of the people you're, you're headed to next. And I called it like the tension of the, the already, but the not yet. And mm. I think that's a, a huge piece of this for all of us is, um, it's a very fluid thing. Like we are in the process of already, you know, finishing out activities or lasts and, and tying up obligations that we've been a part of. And for me, so much of that is tied into relationships that I'm having to just be very like day at a time, deep breath, like, and manage that, that grief and those emotions. But then at the same time, like, I can't wait to get out of here <laughs> and uh -huh. set up the new, the new thing. So it's just that constant tug and pull and it, it's hitting me now while we're here. Like you said, it'll hit me once we get on the road. And I'm like, I'm so sad to leave Fort Polk, but I'm so happy to leave Fort Polk. And then it will be the excitement of arriving and setting up a new house. But I miss my friends at Fort Polk and I'm so tired. Do I have it in me to make new friends here? There's a huge transition. I was, we were talking to some organization, some big organization that's doing a lot of work in the veteran space and the military space in general. And as always, military families kind of get pushed to the side, like the important you know, thing to focus on is the the veteran and the active duty service member, which, you know, I get it. But um, they were talking about transition and how transitioning out of the military is so hard on service members. And it is. But I'm like, we do this every three years. Yeah. Like, 
we do this all the time. Like, and we're, no one is paying any attention to how detrimental it is on our well-being and our right. psyche. And a lot of times it's, it's a growth opportunity for us for sure, but we do this every three years. So I don't know. I'm like, y'all should take notes. No, I'm just kidding. Well, here's what's really funny. So just last night at my if table, all the, obviously all military wives, we were just kind of talking about this very thing. And my friend, Kathy, Hey, Kathy, if you're listening, she shared something really funny. And we were talking about how not to gender stereotype, but oftentimes the service member kind of stays in their lane. They're doing all the things just from the work standpoint, But as the wife and as the spouse, we carry the emotional weight and the load of everybody in the family in making the transition. And she talked about how um, so many of their moves, she takes on the role of worrier, fretter, panicker, and lets her husband be the calm, cool cucumber. And a few moves ago, she said, you know what? I'm done with that. Like, I'm going to just let this happen. I'm not going to stress about it. And she said her husband started panicking and freaking out. (laughs) And we were just kind of talking about how, like, at least one person ends up filling that role. Like, it's very rare that both people can just be very chill about a move. You know, and I'd be curious to hear from other people too, like in your marriage, if you have a service marriage, like, does one of you take on that role of like, oh, it'll be what it'll be. It's all going to work out while the other is, you know, going crazy and freaking out about everything or do you both freak out? (laughs) That's a fascinating question. So I don't think I've, I've never thought about it. So I don't think I freak out on the front end. Like we know this bites me (laughs) because then I'm like, ah whatever. It'll, 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 it'll happen. Like they'll move us. Um, but I'm real belligerent on the back end. Like I'm the person calling to speak to managers and travel manager, you know, the TSP, right. I, I, I always file a claim every single time. Like I'm that person. Um, Andrew, I think just realize that the system will work the way it's supposed to. And he has a really high expectation for everyone involved in the system. So as long as they are presenting as if they're doing their job and doing it well, he will respect them and stay out of their way. He's an okay. eight. Um, <laughs> but during like beforehand, I'm typically not, I'm definitely not outwardly manifesting any kind of stress or anxiety, even though it's, it's in there. Um, I'm just like, whatever, I'm going to go take a trip before the movers come. Cause I need to relax and recharge instead oh, of wow. like, I, girl. I know I told you. So I, when we moved to, where do we go? We moved here. When we moved here, the movers came, dropped our stuff off, and I um, accepted the shipment, signed the papers, and got on an airplane and went on a work trip that I could have canceled. And I was like, no, I don't want to be here with the box. <laughs> so. That's next level because we yeah. are, we're both very type A, like, let's get it all unpacked. We're not even going to like go anywhere until the house is completely settled. Um So in a way, that serves us, but then, then in another way, like, we are just done by the time... It's right. all packed. And then we're how, like, Ugh. do you have a deadline? How long does it take you to set your house up? Well, we're learning the older our kids get, the quicker it goes. Because mm-hmm. now instead of two adult sets of hands, we have five sets of hands. I and we kind of so we do a few things and I can share some of this later, but we do a few things to kind of help on the front end with giving our kids some ownership of like packing up a few of their things. And then I have a few little systems I use for labeling and that it kind of helps make it a quicker process on the unloading end. Um, But man, when they can help set up their own rooms and we send our son out with cardboard boxes and we get a little system going, like not to say that we're just, you know, completely like, using um, their help, but hey, <laughs> yes, they live in this family and they can help. So, um, and, and I, I would argue though, that that even gives them some ownership of the whole thing. And 
Yeah, I like that. No, I try. I know about myself that if I don't get it done in two weeks, it's not going to happen. So I have a two week threshold, and that way, if I haven't gotten to it, I know that it'll disappear in a closet, and I won't see it again until the next PCS. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of know, like that's my very movable sort of deadline, but I try to work at it. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have necessarily like a, a, you know, three days or whatever, but one thing that helped us get going quick here at Fort Polk is we didn't have a garage. So it Mm. was like, literally all of our stuff was out in the elements, right? Like it was (laughs) better get it in. (laughs) So I have a friend who told me about this person. She knows that they downsized enough to where they had a 72 hour unpack. Like that was the goal. They, and I think they were going overseas. So you kind of had to, but they like got rid of, they only kept like two towels per person. You know what I mean? Like got rid of like, almost like a super minimalist kind of thing. Like we don't need 85 coffee mugs. We need four, one for each person. When you need it, if it's dirty, you wash it. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, but yeah, but they got their unpacked down to 72 hours. Wow. I saw, there's a Air Force wife that I follow on Instagram. Her name is Jordan Jean. I don't know what her, I'll, tag it in the notes, but they bought and uh, kind of DIY'd like their whole house where they live right now in South Carolina. And they're moving to Mississippi and girl, they are selling their house as is with all of their stuff in it. And they are just going to buy a house and fix it up and like redecorate it when they get there. And I'm like, that's not a terrible idea. I mean, I they're newly married and, you know, just young starting a family. So I feel like I have more like sentimental things that I would oh, want to yeah. take. Sure. But I'm like, that is one way to do it. Like, no kidding. <laughs> I honestly wonder too, I would love to see the back end of that. Like, did they net any money? Like, what was, what? how did that financially flush out? I wonder right. if they make money in that way. That's cool. I like yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know. And you know what else? I was just sitting here thinking like some of the things I'm talking about with our kids. I was like, I feel like I've written about this before. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I wrote an article for Kelly back in 2017 on PCS. And <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's why it all sounds familiar again. What was the other one you wrote for us? It was um, PCS Brain. It was so good. We'll link well, to all of that. Yeah, yeah. I did that one too about how I said, I think I started a fire in my kitchen yes. because yeah. I was just, my mind was somewhere else. So yeah, I forgot oh. about that one too. Those are good cheers. We'll good times. We'll yeah. Well, yeah. best of luck, friend. You're going to do great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, do, do you want to start off with any like one piece of advice or not start off, but end up with just a piece of advice in general on being mindful in a move and then I'll share mine. The more I learn about myself, the more I realize this is advice that's tailored specifically for me and might not resonate with other people. But um, for me, information is king. I mean, the more you know about where you're headed to, the better equipped you'll be to acclimate to your new place. Um, You will free up space and energy to do um, like Maslow's higher level things like, Mm -hmm. you know, creativity, find your place and belonging, find community. Um, and you, you have to have your home figured out and settled first. So the earlier in the process, you can do that. Um, you can make informed decisions so that you don't find yourself in a bad situation because you made a hasty, badly informed decision, Mm -hmm. um, the better. So I know I don't sound like I always prepare for things, but but this is a big one. This one, you need to do some, some legwork on the front end while you're settled and calm and rested. Um, do as much of that as you can before the movers show up. Yeah. Well, mine may sound a little um, odd, but I'm going to say that my advice is actually emptying of my mind. Like what are ways that I can empty my mind and not carry so much 
angst and stress. And one of the practical things that I've done this move is you guys know I love me my planner, my get to work book, and that kind of keeps the whole family running. But I actually printed off a set of monthly calendars, February through June. And I, you know, put in some important dates and information that we need to be tracking. But out beside each week, I have listed like one big project for the week to kind of move us toward getting out of here. And some of it's decluttering, some of it's deep cleaning, some of it's picking up records. But it was almost as if as soon as I was able to put it on that paper, I quit having to worry about it. And I don't Mm -hmm. need to keep all the weeks and months of tasks in mind. They're already they're already planned out on a calendar. And as more come to mind and new things pop up, I just pencil them in. And if I need to move them around, I can, but it's all there. It's out of my head and it's not going to keep me awake tossing and turning at night from February, March, all the way to June. I love it. That's great. I do that with almost everything too. It's almost like you just write it down. You can like free up a little space. It's great. Um, Okay, you guys, we're going to transition into our interview with um, our actual expert this week. And we have a treat for you. I'm going to have a conversation with Krista Curtis. She um, runs a company called Permanent Change of Storing. I think that's so clever. That's cute. (laughs) Right? It's PCS. Get it? Um, Okay. So Krista's a Navy spouse, and she is currently over in Germany. Um, So she's got a ton of experience doing OCONUS moves, which means overseas moves, which are hella complicated if you guys don't know that. Um, So this is someone that I will listen to when she talks about how to PCS well. Um, She actually has a degree in psychology, which I love. And I love that these fields kind of merge in that way. Um, We talked about that on our previous episode with uh, Tara from House Peace. It's just kind of like you have so much attachment to your thing. So anyway, we're going to chat about um, how to PCS well and how to purge some stuff. It's that time of year, whether you're moving or not, you might be thinking like, I need to go through some stuff. So she'll give you some great tips on that. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hey guys, just a quick break to talk about an initiative that Claire and I have launched for this year. We are calling it 20 for 20 because we're looking for 20 of our amazing fans and followers to step up and support us as patrons with a monthly recurring donation. For as little as a dollar an episode, you can join our community of patrons over on patreon.com and give us a tangible add-a-girl to keep our efforts going. It will actually help uh, cover some of the overhead that we are not currently seeking sponsorships for. So we're keeping the show ad-free for now and asking you all as our, our fans, followers, and friends to uh, to help support us. So for as little as $4 a month, you can become a patron to help us with expenses and also unlock tons of really juicy conversations that we reserve uh, for our folks that are inside the gate. <laughs> so be sure to check that out at patreon.com slash gurus. When you have a chance, let us know if you want to take up the call, help us out. Um, and help us expand and level up this podcast. Your donation would go towards things like technology upgrades, uh, hardware upgrades, and also help us uh, commit the time and energy towards creating a really highly polished and produced show. So if that's something that sounds interesting, please check it out. Let us know what you think. Um, And we look forward to seeing you as one of our 20 for 20 patrons. So now without further ado, let's get back to the show and to our actual advice. 
Hey, everybody, and welcome to today's segment of Actual Advice, where we are asking our friends and experts in different arenas to come in and actually give you some tangible advice. I mean, Claire and I love to talk about all the things we think we know, but occasionally we like to bring in people who actually know. So today I want to introduce you to my dear friend, Krista Curtis. She is the founder of a company called Permanent Change of Storing. And if you guys don't have a military background, it's just the most clever play on a PCS move, which is technically a permanent change of station, which is a PCS, which you'll hear us mention. So just keep that tucked away. And all that means is a military move. That's what we call them. So Krista has opened and launched a an organizational type business. I'll let her tell you all about it later. But um, yeah, she's called it PCS. I think it's so cute. So hi, Krista. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. You're so welcome. So we're talking all about organization and cleaning out the junk in our lives. And I know this is something that you're passionate about and do for a living. So tell us a little bit about how you got started uh, with this venture and like, why is organization so important to you? (laughs) Oh, yeah, of course. Um, So when I was a new mom a little over 10 years ago, um, I read a really great book by Stacey Crew, The Organized Mom. And um, I just thought this is how I need to live my life. (laughs) Mostly this according to like using or I'm sorry placing stuff in your home where you're going to use it making sure it always goes back there that way you don't have to have you know 20 staplers spread around the house or anything like that um you know that kind of uh thing even just when you have a new child like you waste so much time looking for stuff and not knowing where it is but if it's like all in the diaper bag or all in like special bins or something like that then um, it just makes life a ton easier. So, oh my god, it's so true. Like, there's nothing worse than like needing a baby wipe during a diaper change, and they're out or they're not there, or <laughs> someone has carried them and put them somewhere else. Oh my god, I can totally feel that pain. So, um, so tell us, you've been married uh, for 11 years now to your army service member. Is that correct? Uh, he's actually a U.S. Navy. Oh, see, look at that. My bias is showing. Apologies. <laughs> um, so, Chrissy, you've moved six times. Me. Yeah, yeah, right. I don't know. You will during that football game, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so, you've moved six times in the time that you've been married. Um, and I want to just draw a big, fat, bold underline under the fact that you have moved four times overseas. Um, so, tell me a little bit about what that's like and what kind of level of preparation you have to have able to do that well because that is just super intimidating to me I can't even imagine I mean it's not a whole lot different than a CONUS move like just moving across the states or anything like that but the added bonus is that we have this extra shipment uh, called unaccompanied baggage and then you might also have a storage shipment if you decide not to take all of your stuff with you so um, you kind of have to take some extra time sorting out what you're going to take and when and what you're definitely not going to take. And it's, you know, extra level of paperwork in terms of figuring out the the inventory sheets. Uh, If you're shipping a car, that's another step in the process. There's a, there's a few more extra things, but it's um, it's not that difficult, I would say, but it's time consuming. You just need Mm. to, yeah, (laughs) make the time. I, Oh, okay. So let's talk about that then. So what are some things, let's just put this in perspective. So you're talking to me, um, 
who, you know, I've done several moves all stateside, and usually we have a vehicle available to be able to kind of jam stuff in that we can take with us and have available. But I freak out every time it's time to move. Like I get into like full on Enneagram five avoidance mode. I don't want to see it. I don't want to deal with it. I've actually recruited my mother-in-law to come up and help me like pack and inventory stuff. Um, it's, it's like an, it's next level. It's like not okay. So (laughs) what are some tips that you have for someone like me to help, I guess maybe keep that next kind of move from hanging over my head, make me feel a little more prepared about the next move. And then what are some steps that we could be doing like in our day-to-day lives to help make the next move more manageable? Yeah, of course. Um, So obviously when you decide to like really get control and a handle on your stuff, whether your next PCS is in two years or in the next couple of months, um, you really just want to make sure you carve out the time. And that means dedicated time. Mm -hmm. If that means working with someone like your mother-in-law or someone like me that can come Mm -hmm. in and help you just kind of hold you accountable to making the time for it. Um, You could invest in a babysitter or sending your kids um, to friends' houses for like a good amount of days just to give yourself time to focus. Um, it's, It's a really big, it seems like a really big undertaking, I should say, but when you have the time to focus on it, it makes a big difference um, when you're just, your mind is not split. Um, and the same thing, even in day to day, when you have just kind of little things that you can do throughout the day, like make sure you're on top of your laundry, throw a load in every day. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it's just all of the kids clothes or just everything that everybody wore last yesterday or something like that. It helps you stay on top of it. Um, I personally strive to do a wash, dry, fold and put it away all in the same day. Doesn't always happen, but it's that's one so extra. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like a grown up. You've achieved grown up status. <laughs> you can manage that. I'm sorry, like that that's, is so hard. <laughs> I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. It doesn't happen every day, but if I can at least get through the wash and the dry and get it out of the dryer and in back in the bin, ready to fold the next time I can sit down and watch a show and fold it or something, that's a big deal to me. And that's a little win that just kind of keeps me going on making sure I stay on top of it. Um, and then also just kind of doing a little bit of a, a detrash and a declutter every evening. It doesn't have to take a long time. Just kind of as you walk around the house, turn it off lights, pick up stuff, put it away right away. Um, mm-hmm. When you see trash around the house, grab a little plastic grocery bag or whatever you've got and just take do a quick round of picking up you know, whatever your kids left out, whatever your husband left out, whatever even you left out, you know, some like tatterings from the mail or whatever, you know, make sure it's put away. Um, and mail's a whole nother beast, I should say, especially mm-hmm. as we move around and like get all kinds of change of address forms and stuff like that um, from the different banks and medical insurance and everything, you know, they all have to verify your address. So they all have to send you 20 pieces of paperwork to verify your address. Um And to me, that means I just need to be ready to shred, be ready to file. And and Mm -hmm. whenever I open up a piece of mail, I try to file it as soon as I can, whether that's in the recycling or in the shredder or in my actual file box. Yeah, that is something that I feel like, I, you know, I don't have many strengths when it comes to organization, but that is something that I am decent at is the, like, 
I do paperless everything. Oh, so yeah. now all of my stuff is completely online. Like I cannot get a bill in the mail. Like I won't know what to do with it. So like <laughs> all of my bill pay, all of my documents are in secure file storage kind of systems. Um, right. And it's so funny. Like I'll keep my desktop organized, like my great. computer yeah. organized. And I know like I clean that. I clean my desktop off. I have applications to do it and clean out my cache and my memory and all this stuff. Like probably once every other week or so, but I can't seem to carry over those habits into my actual real life. <laughs> the stuff that's visible, you know, that people see. <laughs> so Unfortunately, um, Roomba has not made a pick up the clutter robot yet. So <laughs> not yet. Oh my God. Well, let's, you know what? I have questions about kids. Like I'm struggling uh, personally on getting my kids on board with any sort of like tidiness routine. I feel like they don't even understand the concept. Right. I'm like, <laughs> I'll ask yeah. my son, like, can you help me clean up your room? Like, please just, you know what clean is, don't you? And he's like, sure. And then he comes down, he's like, I'm done. And I go back and he's literally moved one sock from one side of the room to the other. Uh, I'm like, totally that understand. isn't even a thing. So what are you, do you have any tips for like maybe helping? I don't, and here's my struggle too. Like, I don't want to clean it for them. Like, not only am I lazy, yeah. but like, I don't think they're learning anything if I clean it for them. But then I've also had friends who are like, they're kids. They're not going to get it. And if you want them to enjoy their space and enjoy their things, it needs to be tidy and clean. But I'm just like, anyway, I'm struggling between that tension. So what do you think are some, what's some advice you can give me there? Um, well, I mean, it really just depends on, on your guys's lifestyle and just kind of some of the, I guess, basic rules you have in your house. Like we do pretty much, you have to eat at the table, snacks and everything that way trash right. gets picked up right away. Dishes can get put back by the sink. Um, I want to say, I think actually even down to my two-year-old now, they all know like where to go put their dishes when they're done with a snack or a meal. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty nice. Um, and that's just, you know, constant getting on them right, you know? right. Um, and then they've eventually learned it um, as far as like picking up their rooms we try to not let them go to bed with a completely disastrous room I mean um, I, I I like to say that you know when you're done with the toy put it back or when you're getting out your second or third toy maybe put the first one back that doesn't always happen I'm realistic I get it but mm -hmm. a, but we try to pick up the most of the stuff before bedtime. And, and that's really just kind of to give them a break from having to have one of those all out marathon cleanings where they're like, this is too much stuff. <laughs> right. And we're screaming in the background. I've even gotten so far as to like, hey, you guys don't love me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm, we've had some dark days. So this is no, I totally, I, I've had those days. I totally get it. Yeah. But I, I think we've had enough of those little come to Jesus moments of like, mm -hmm. look, I want you guys to appreciate what you have. You can't just leave it out and cramp all over it and, and lose pieces. And, uh, and that's the other kind of thing is I've been kind of ruthless with like, look, if we can't find all the pieces to this, it's going trash like, or for sure. Yep. Yeah. No, yep. Not holding on to, especially before the next move. I'm like, I'm not moving this mm. across the world with them. It's missing pieces. <laughs> right. Um, right. And you can't give it away. You can't donate it if it's missing. pieces. No, either, exactly. So. Exactly. So yeah. I, but I want them to have appreciation for what they have and what they actually use. Um, mm. and that's kind of also what we talk about when we do like every few months, like a little purge of toys. It's like, look, you haven't played with this in three months. You're probably growing out of it. You're probably done with it. Let's just pass it on to somebody else who will love it. And that kind of helps them understand that it's not just going in the trash. 
it's going to somebody right. who might actually want it. Yeah. That's great. So how do we do that as grownups? How do you, do you have any like purge tips? Like what do you, what are your go-to things that you can easily clear out before even, it doesn't even have to be before a move. It could just be like spring cleaning type. Right. Like, okay, I need to freshen up the house. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely just a, a matter of knowing what you have first. Um, like kind of, uh, let's see, Cone Mari does it. Stacy Crude talks about it, like where you just group objects together like you look at all your clothes or you look at all of your books or you look at all of your mm-hmm. DVDs or whatever you have and just take a time with each item or it, like you don't have to be super spiritual about it thank it or anything like that I know that and I totally respect it for for the mm-hmm. belief that's behind it but if you if you understand that you're done with it then it's time to just let it go I mean, just like how we tell our kids, like it's ready for someone else to love it or um, it needs to be recycled or whatever. Um, it's it's a tough business because some people um, have a relationship with their stuff as far as like they just feel like they need to keep it. Um, and I don't want to ever discourage a client or somebody who's asking me for advice to like just get rid of everything anyway because that's not going to make you feel very good like to just get rid of all of this stuff that you that you essentially have a relationship with um and it, it like whether it's memories or just you remember who gave it to you or kind of um I don't know, a special time you watched that movie or something like that that DVD specifically. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it is, but um it's it's if it makes you happy or if it provides a function in your life and you you feel like you still need it, don't get rid of it. Um, but I, I can almost guarantee within the next couple of years, you're going to look back at that item and be like, you know what, I'm done with it. And so it's just taking the time to recognize when you're done with something and passing it on. Um, oh, and I don't I like think there's that. anything wrong with that. So, yeah. Yeah. I like that too. And I like the continual like visitation with it, like revisiting. Right. You know, yes. Just because right now it was important to me doesn't mean that it will be in two years. So like keeping Correct. that kind of as a habit, I think that's great. So I can tell we talked earlier, um, your psychology major, did that influence your decision or your, maybe your success in this industry, your passion for what you're doing now, you think? I would say so only because I've had a chance to really work with a lot of different personalities. And Mm -hmm. um, that was something that really first drew me to psychology was like kind of analyzing people, (laughs) if I can say that. (laughs) Um, I do, I do enjoy that. Um, And not, and not in a judgmental way. Let me be clear about that. When I go into a client's home and it's a total disaster to them or something like that, I instantly say, like, I am not here to judge you. I'm not here to say that you're the worst, messiest person in the world. Not even close. But um, because I've certainly had my place be a mess and I've seen messier houses. And and you know what? Uh, We all have our messes in different ways. It could be a personal Mm -hmm. issue. You know, it doesn't matter how it manifests itself. But um, it's, uh, it's just interesting to work with these different people and, like, and like, kind of like what I was talking about before, like learn their relationship with their stuff. And if they have no, mm. if they're more minimalist and they just need help, like placing items versus, uh, and learning how to use their space, that's a little bit different than somebody who mm-hmm. really needs to get rid of a lot of stuff or even just, um, someone who needs to get some systems in place, like a laundry system, like how off or laundry mm-hmm. schedule, a calendar system, something like that, like they might not have, you know, it's, it's really interesting seeing the different dynamic. And I think, um, the psychology background has really just been able to keep my mind open 
so the different types of people I meet and the different issues that they're all um, dealing with. So, did you do the enneagram? Do you know your type? Um, yeah, remember we talked about it. Like I, I'm like a seven-ish, eight-ish, or something like that. Because that's right. My high okay. was the two, but I was really bristled mm. by that. Like it's especially since I learned that mm. the thing that you told me about was um, a lot of women are trained to be that way. <laughs> so, mm. a seven, and, eight. I could see that. Okay. being your okay cool those were like those um, were well, top two so <laughs> just to to overlay some some enneagram to me and my uh tidiness habits <laughs> so i'm a five <laughs> and our um sort of crutch is that we have a scarcity mentality so oh, actually okay. a lot of fives yeah. tend to be hoarders i would definitely oh. not classify myself as a hoarder though because my virtue is non-attachment so believe it or not, I throw things out like crazy. Like I go on these rampages where I have – my husband's so funny. He's an eight, but he also grew up moving a lot. Uh, and so he had – his family purged. His mom's like a minimalist, so they never kept stuff. So the few things he has or had from childhood, like he's got really firm attachments to. Okay. So I'm going through the house, and I'm like chunking stuff left and right. And he's like, doesn't that mean – like I have to throw stuff out away from him. Like I can't let him see what I'm getting rid of because he will come up with a reason to keep everything. And I'm like, oh, my God. But the clutter kills him. Like he's way tidier than me. Right. So that's where our struggle is. But I also recognize like that I have less of an attachment to things. I'm just lazier about getting it moved out of the house. Right. Like I can't stay on it as regularly. So I go through these like spurts of doing it. Right. Um, and what I hoard doesn't tend to be material things. It's more like knowledge and information. Um, so again, which is <laughs> you would not want to see my hard drive or how many I go through on my computer. <laughs> Because I can't delete stuff on there. So it's just interesting. You're right. How everything kind of looks, flushes out differently for each person, depending on what their their values are. Exactly. Um, oh, that's great. That's fantastic. Krista, thank you so much. This has been an awesome conversation. I think I could talk to you for several hours and probably will hire you at some point in the future. We just need to get you back Woo-hoo. to the state so you, yes, can, <laughs> you can help me out. <laughs> um, tell everyone where we can find you online. Uh, so you can reach me at my website, which is www.permanentchangeofstoring.com. I am also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash permanent change of storing. Uh, and I'm also on Instagram. I'm still learning the gram. So I apologize if you don't get a whole lot from me yet. Um, but that's also at permanent change of storing. Awesome. Thank you so much, Krista. Of course. Thanks. Thanks for joining us this week on Advice Not Given. For resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode, head over to our website at milspogurus.com. That's M-I-L-S-P-O-G-U-R-U-S. If you enjoyed this episode, please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an iTunes review and subscribing so you never miss a show. If you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors, check out our Patreon page. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses. Think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date, but then sending over a latte. It's a thing. Also, be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Gurus, where we keep the conversation going and where you can share your advice not.